Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me your host Zoe Blasky where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. My mission with this podcast is to help you reconnect to you, to feel happier, more joyful, calmer and that little bit kinder to yourself because I think life as a mum in this hectic modern world is hard enough as it is. I believe becoming the happiest, most alive version of ourselves is the most important and inspiring thing we can do for our children. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode. It's been an intense week, hasn't it? With, you know, protests around the world and I think a really exciting shift in our awareness of the Black Lives Matter movement. So, Personally, I chose to mute my social channels, my Instagram, because I wanted to take the week to learn and read and reflect. And I've been reading You, Me and White Supremacy by Leila Efsad. I actually think it's sold out everywhere, but if you can get a copy of it, I would really recommend it. It's brilliant. It gives daily lessons for 28 days and being aware of what it means to be anti-racist. And I'll be honest with you, this is something that's relatively new to me. You know, for years I thought that because I wasn't actively racist, that all was good. And, you know, now I can see how wrong that was really and what it means to be anti-racist and to be committed to doing the work as a privileged white woman of helping do dismantle this unfair and unjust system that we find ourselves in. And, you know, I'm committed to making this platform, you know, this podcast and all my other platforms as inclusive to include a range of voices, backgrounds and experiences. So please do get in touch with me if you've got some ideas for how I can do that better on the podcast or you want to suggest something to me. I am so, so, so open. Please do get in touch. And thank you for your feedback on the Candice Braithwaite episode isn't she incredible what a force of nature she is and I'm thrilled to say that her book that we were discussing on the episode last week is now a Sunday Times bestseller which I just think is absolutely fantastic I'm working my way through the many 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 messages that I've got from you all sharing how transformational you found that episode so please do be patient with me I will reply to every single message that I get but sometimes it takes me a little longer this week I'm excited to introduce you to someone whose work I've loved for a while. Her name is Brooke Lightstone. She calls herself a family energy healer, a women's spiritual guide, a meditation teacher and an author. And Brooke talks beautifully about working to heal women and mothers. And I think when you listen to Brooke, I'm so excited to introduce her to you because for me, she just epitomizes grace and calm and wisdom. And there's many things I love about this conversation that Brooke and I had. But the thing I love most, I think, is that Brooke shares how she healed the relationship with her own mother. And she was super honest. I think she called it an energy of hate towards her own mother. And she shares how she's now on a path to healing that relationship. And I found that really powerful because I know for many of us, that mother-daughter relationship is one of the trickiest that there is. It's called the mother wound. If you're interested, look that up. But it's where our own mother wasn't able to show up for us growing up or perhaps still isn't able to show up. 
how we want them to. And Brooke shares how she's healing that and really letting go of all those expectations that she puts on that relationship so that she can meet her mother human to human, as she calls it. It's a beautiful episode. I really hope you enjoy it. And as ever, please do share it, rate and review. Here's the episode. So Brooke, welcome to the Motherkind podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting to you this afternoon. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Zoe. Well, I've followed you for a while and it was one of those kind of synchronistic moments when someone from your team, I think, got in touch and I saw the name pop in my email and I thought, ah, yes, I love what you share and I love your message and it's so aligned to what I'm trying to do and what I'm passionate about with Motherkind, which is really taking the emphasis off the children, which is what so much of the kind of dialogue around motherhood and parenting is, and actually putting the emphasis on helping us as mothers and women fill up our own cups and look at our own stuff. And we're going to talk about how to do that and what it's looked like for you, and maybe I'll share about what it's looked like for me. But I'm really curious to start with how you came to the work that you do today. You started in marketing, which funnily enough is how I started. The first 10, 15 years of my career were in marketing too. So how did you make the switch into what you do today? So yeah, marketing is how I started and working with nonprofits and wanting to do something meaningful. From there, I started to work with spiritual leaders and helping them with their marketing agendas. And At the same time, my spiritual practice was growing, my personal practice. And once I became a mother, that initiation just really aligned me on my path to be a healer. And so now I work with mothers, helping them, like you said, to fill their cups and children and just to become centered. So how did becoming a mother put you on your path? Because what we sometimes hear in the kind of mainstream media is that actually becoming a mother can do the opposite. People feel lost and they don't know what they want to do now. And for you and for me, actually, becoming a mother was the making of my purpose and my path. Yeah. Let me just address in the mainstream media, the feelings of being lost and overwhelmed. All of those feelings are very valid and a part of my experience. Absolutely. I think in feeling that, those feelings and becoming accepting of myself as I love my children, using them as a mirror to love myself more. It allowed me to create a path of just self-discovery. I mean, I'm home with my child all day. Before my child, I spent months and months of meditation and having a schedule to myself and journaling. So how do I infuse my day with my spirituality and still have the motherhood? So that became a question for me. The other part, I'm very aware of vibration and I help my clients with their vibration and I'm very conscious of how I want my home to feel. And so understanding that the mother is the dominant energy in the home. So what am I going to do here, right? I'm going to become awake to the energy around me. I think just really opening my eyes to all of my feelings and All of the vibration around aligned me on this path. And what was your childhood like? Did you get your feelings heard, validated with your weight, your feelings growing up? Or is this something that you've had to learn in adulthood? So my childhood, my mother was like Mary Poppins when I was very young. She was uh, home and made 
every single thing magical. And then my parents divorced and my whole childhood pretty much fell apart. I had the Cinderella stepmother situation. It wasn't good. Okay. I spent most of my childhood in a vibration of stress, worry as a child, just a complete disconnect from my feelings and my body. So no, (laughs) the answer is my parents were dealing with their own emotional turmoil and emotional immaturity. I will say that. Okay. And when I had my first child, I really wanted to do it differently. But here's the thing. We as mothers, if we don't have that proper model of emotional generosity, of that security and acceptance and love, if we don't have that, we will try to do the opposite in our motherhood. Well, my mom did this and I'm not going to do that. But what that does is that energetically it creates knots all around you, what you're not going to do, how you're not going to be. And so that just wasn't authentic motherhood for me. It was actually healing that over here and creating a whole new paradigm of motherhood that was authentic to who I truly was. I could really feel like my motherhood was a spiritual path. And how did you do that, that healing? (sighs) You know, that's not easy. And thank you for asking that question because we can go on Instagram and see all the memes like heal, grow, and you're left with the how, right? And I'll say this, in the asking for help, which is an advanced practice for women to ask for help, in the asking for help from your higher power or even Mother Earth or your angels or whomever you're connected with in a higher way, things are set into motion. You're asking the universe, help me heal this. Asking the universe for the best healers, the best teachers, the best courses. And then you start to seek these things out and they fall into your lap. And what will be required is a commitment from you, a commitment to heal. Where did you start with your healing? Did you go into therapy? Did you see Reiki healers? You know, where did you start and where did those breadcrumbs lead you? I think it started with probably the most terrible breakup of all time in my life. And I didn't want to feel that heartbreak. I didn't want to have my heart into pieces because I believe in love. I believe in the power of love. And that heart felt very familiar from childhood. So I went into inner child work. I dove right in. That's where you started. Wow. That is where I started. Most people do a little bit and then they get there. Especially working with clients or any of my friends, I always say start there. Yeah. And you'll never finish. You'll never Mm -hmm. arrive because it's a relationship. I mean, I've seen it in a child work being described in as many different ways as, you know, there are feelings around it. How do you describe what is inner child work for you? Like you said, there's many different ways to go about it. And you can start off with a book and horse. I really think that working with someone one-on-one, because you can read the books and do the courses and you're kind of left with this cornucopia of really big feelings from your childhood. So yeah, just working one-on-one with people. And the way I would describe it is a rediscovery of your true essence, of reclaiming your innocence. So that's how I would describe it. You're reclaiming that innocence so that you can look at the world with new eyes and a whole new energy. Yeah, that was my experience. You know, it was really like peeling back all those layers. 
yeah. to get to that core kind of enoughness, that core innate sense of worth that I think we're all born with. Yeah, that onion, right? A new layer. And last week I discovered a, a layer that I was actually doing to my children. My mom did it to me and I was doing it to my eldest son. And I looked and I'm like, oh, I didn't see this, you know? And it's my job to see everything, right? I'm intuitive. I can see everything. Oh, no, no, no. Inner child work, you have all these hidden parts. And once you kind of open it up, things will be revealed to you. That's the beauty of it. You'll be able to see more. I think with being able to see more comes like a, for me, like a responsibility, yes. But also sometimes a resistance. Do you ever experience that? Like, here we go again. Absolutely. (laughs) I like to talk about heaven on earth at home, creating heaven on earth at home. But it doesn't look like fairies and love all the time. It's accepting all of the feelings, right? That would be heaven if all of us were accepted on every level. And so the resistance and the messiness and the ickiness of diving deep into your childhood, yeah, you just got to be with it. You got to be with it. And I can even understand wanting to put it down and saying, I don't want to do this. And I get that. But then you have your own children. And so you're not wanting to pass on these patterns. And let me tell you something, if you don't deal with it, your child will pull up the mirror and hand you the healing. So it's coming either way. That's the beauty of motherhood, really. For sure. And I think that's why for so many people, I see lots of numbing out in motherhood because it's so painful if you, if you don't know where to go with it or you're not at that point in your life that you want to yet. I think it can be incredibly painful. I agree. With all the work that I've done and calling myself a healer and a teacher, I feel those feelings. And again, all feelings are welcome. And when we're numbing out, if we could say, I'm numbing out. Yeah, yeah, I do that. My husband goes, are you numbing out on Instagram? I'm like, "Mm -hmm, just leave me. I don't want to feel right now. I'm just going to numb out for a bit more. I know I'm doing it. And that's massive growth for me because for years I didn't know I was numbing out. I was just like locked in an unconscious cycle. Yeah, just bringing that consciousness to it all and understanding that it's never going to look perfect. That's not the point, right? So when your children reflect back on their childhood, what would you want them to say about it? That they were accepted, that I saw them and that I heard them and that every part of them was accepted. I want them to remember that more than anything and that we laughed and played and, but really that acceptance of really being seen. And so with your work with your clients, and I know you work with so many clients and amazing women and and you help unlock people, where do you see are the big blocks to that heaven on earth, as you call it, that place where we're able to accept everything about ourselves and our children? What are the big blocks to that? And how, as a healer, do you help lift those? One of the biggest blocks is the self-love and the self-compassion. Like you mentioned with the mainstream media, I mean, motherhood is kind of set up to look a certain way. I almost want to say the way that it's set up outside of us, it's set up for us to fail. And so we're constantly looking at ourselves as failures. The biggest block is how we talk to ourselves, how we look at ourselves on a day-to-day basis, right? So it's the minute by minute. How are we taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves? And so the way that I help women mothers through that is to help them create an inner mother. 
honestly, creating a new mom inside of you really lets your mom off the hook. Okay. (laughs) For sure. And it lets us off the hook as mothers for our own children, right? So we're not looking for perfection outside of us, but this inner mother that we're creating through affirmation, through visualization, through journaling, she loves us in a way we've never been loved. She fills us up in a way that no one can fill us up. And so the numbing starts to decrease and the self-criticism starts to decrease, you know? I call that reparenting. Yeah, reparenting, it's called that. It's called a lot of things, yeah. And you, know, you talked about letting our own mothers off the hook. Have you let your mum off the hook? And how did you do that? I get asked that a lot. I'm sure you do too. You know, that when we become mothers, like this kind of resentment for our own mother's failings, shortcomings, limitations, humanness, you know, can really come up. Did that come up for you? How did you heal it? It did. It came up very, very big for me. I had a really big energy of hate for my mom. Wow. Never. There was a hate there. There was a hate. And I was able to locate it when I was in an incubator as a baby, thinking that my mom wasn't there. And that vision was given to me. So I thought the nurse was my mother. And actually the nurse was mad at my mom. And so I was feeding off of that kind of interaction. So this is a hate that went way back, right? I'm 43. So this is 43 years of feeling this undercurrent. So the way that I'd say I've moved past that, and that's a process. Okay, let's just say that first. That's a deep process. And I don't know that I'll ever completely arrive there, but I went after it. I went after it for myself, for my children, for my niece, because of just the mother line and how that healing works. I am completely anchored into the divine mother. The energy of the divine mother is a reflection of who we are as mothers. And this is why motherhood is such a spiritual awakening. Is because we are a reflection of the divine mother, which is love, which is grace, which is pure magic. And the more that I anchored myself to this energy, the more I didn't need my mom to show up a certain way or make up for things because that connection, that spiritual connection did it all. And so again, with the spiritual practices, every single day of visualizing this inner mother that looks maybe 10 feet tall in front of me and is pouring love into me on a day-to-day basis. My umbilical cord is attached to her now. And so I get to meet my mom human to human. I get to see my mom's true essence because I don't have all of these expectations around her. I'm being filled and resourced by the divine mother. I hope this makes sense, but this has been my process and this is the process that I take women through. And I think it's also a big gift when our mothers don't show up for us when we have that empty hole. That's the gift. That empty hole has to be filled by spiritual substance, by source. And so it's actually, I'd say, an initiation on our spiritual path is to get that we have holes in us from our mothers and not look to them to fill it, but actually really create a spiritual path to to be whole. Yeah, and I guess... You know, so many people use other things to fill that hole, right? Drinking, working, perfectionism, numbing, social media, anything to fill that hole. Amazon, I'm raising my hand. Amazon, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not, again, this is a process, you know, and it's layered and you take steps and you can 
start to become filled up by something, you know, that's inside of yourself and the numbing and filling yourself with other things. That's a part of it all. It's just a part of the process. And that self-compassion of understanding, like, I cannot do this healing perfectly. I cannot do this perfectly. What are you still working on? I think I'm really working on the childhood imprinting of Mm. how my mother parented and carrying that forth into my parenting with my children. Some of my reactions, mind you, we are in a highly concentrated time where I'm at home with them 24-7, right? How old are they? Five and three. Two boys, right? Two boys. So it's a lot, okay? And a husband, which all of it, it's a lot. But just having that space to react with a lot more consciousness. So I think that would be the area where I'm really looking at. And I've gone to work on it in this time. I've really used this quarantine to go, okay, my childhood imprinting is really coming up in this lockdown. My mom was very, she's an educator and really cared about gifted children. Okay. Everything was about being gifted. And I was doing that because my eldest is gifted. I'm putting quotes because, you know, we're all gifted. But I was kind of carrying that lineage, the way that I was interacting with him and really losing connection, okay? This emotional connection with my son. So that's what I'm working on is being connected to them even when I'm upset or angry. Because my childhood imprinting did not look like that. When my parents were angry, there was spanking, there was yelling, and I don't do any of that. Well, yelling definitely happens you know, once in a while, but keeping that connection when I'm having feelings is what I'm working on with my children. And it's brand new. And it's so interesting to me that you say, you know, in the intensity of this, a lot of this kind of, I call it blueprint, you call it imprinting, it's the same thing, is coming up. And I really notice that as well, that in times of stress or pressure or when things are on me, I revert back, kind of forget about all the work that I've done. And I like revert back to this kind of, you know, my imprinting is martyrdom, people pleasing, you know, flogging myself, overworking, numbing. I go right back there when I feel that stress. So it's so fascinating because I think lots of people are going to relate with that, that during this time, which is stressful, you know, however it looks, it looks different for everyone. But I think universally that word keeps coming up, stressful and overwhelmed. So what can someone do if they, you know, haven't maybe started this work they've noticed god I'm sounding like my mom I'm shouting I'm short I'm snappy and I don't like it where would someone go with that I think maybe the first step to go to is to a journal I think journaling is a beautiful practice to start and just starting with feelings like feel your feelings put all your feelings down on paper and what it does it creates a little bit of space with reaction with your child Here's the thing, and yes, the intensity during this time is through the roof, but your child is going to constantly hand you the healing every day, handing you the healing, mom, I'm handing you the healing. You're going to react like this again today. Okay, next day, here's the healing. So once you start to see that these kids are your ally in healing, healing your old past wounds that they actually don't want to take forward. Then you start to have a little bit of space. And then if you react in a way that you didn't like or revert to old patterns, it's like, oh, wow, I did that. You know, you have some consciousness around it. I did that. I'm going to journal it out. I'm going to try again tomorrow. Baby steps. 
I mean, we're just talking about generational patterns. People don't realize how big that is to even wake up to it. Oh, I talk about it because I've mapped the behavior and pain and seven generations back down my mother line. Wow. That's... And I use that to be really kind to myself now because I'm like, you're a miracle. I say that to myself (laughs) all the time. I'm like, you know, look at you. It's okay if you had an off day. Look at you. You're doing it. You know, I, I like use it that inner mother as you were talking about, you know, that's her voice. That's like, you're doing it, you know, one tiny step at a time you are doing it. And so I want to talk more about this idea that you talk about so beautifully as children, as our mirror. So instead of then wanting to control the behavior, you would say, I'm guessing that that behavior is more about looking about what it triggers in you therefore showing you where you have some unhealed because if it was healed it wouldn't be triggering right absolutely yeah I mean as we know our partners can definitely be a mirror and our children just because of the authoritative way we've been taught to deal with with children it's very hard for us to see that they actually have so much wisdom the children these days are full of so much light even in their tantrums even in their behaviors there is just so much information for us. And the more that we can create space and see that, it's just, this is truly being on the path. Can you give like a really practical example? Because I think people really appreciate that when they're maybe new to this or maybe not. But I love hearing that, you know, of when something happened, you realized what it was in you and then you did something differently about it. All right. So my son, he gets extremely frustrated over Legos. and is extremely impatient, like to the level of like, he's yelling at me. And when he's yelling at me, this stress response in my body, it feels like maybe when my stepmother was yelling at me to hurry up and get something cleaned. Right. And so he's yelling and it's triggering me and I'm yelling and it's just a hot mess. I'll say that. And we're just yelling at each other. And so he has done this repeatedly for weeks before I go, okay, wait a minute, (laughs) what's here for me? And so I took it to my journal and I realized that he was showing me that this piece of me is triggered because I have not healed that kind of emotional abuse part from my childhood. And so I'm journaling all that I feel then and now creating forgiveness for myself and my stepmother. And so I have a little bit more space. And then when my son does it again, I'm able to go, I see that you're, you're really having a hard time and I'm really sorry. And I'm not willing for you to yell at me right now. And I'd like for you to talk to me in your normal voice. And, and so I kept doing that and he doesn't do it at all anymore. So that was for me. Okay. And even right before that, it was my stepmother's birthday and I didn't text her. Okay, I didn't text her to say happy birthday because I still had something there. I have something there around her. And so my son just, here we go, throwing up the healing and just kicking it my way. So I hope that example. Yeah, it's really helpful. I think it's so useful to make these examples like really practical. And I talk about it. I used to really struggle when my daughter, she's four now, when she would tantrum, I just, it brought up all of the, I just wanted to shut her feelings down basically. And I would like put a boundary down. She'd tantrum about the boundary and then I'd recede on the boundary. 
So I'd be like, no, you're not having the chocolate. She'd go nuts and go, okay, <laughs> just to stop her crying because I couldn't bear it. And it was actually a podcast I did with Gabor Mate that really kicked off like me working hard on it with a therapist and some healers. And now it is so, I mean, not always, but it is so incredible like how I can just hold the boundary so kindly. It just doesn't activate me anymore. And it's like night and day. And I find it so exciting because I'm like, wow, like our brains are neuroplastic that we get to heal this stuff to me is so exciting because imagine if it was a different way and and we didn't get to heal it, you know? Right. It's that awareness, the awareness, you know, need to speak to that, the part of us that becomes aware and awake. That is the spiritual path of motherhood is that awakeness. So it's just, just such a big big learning journey, as you know, as we all know. And I think you're asking me for an example. And I'll say the reason why I'm able to do that is because I'm constantly asking for help. That asking for help piece is one of the biggest pieces on our journey is, okay, angels, anchor me today. I need my angels around me so I can understand the lessons and the healing today and keep me at peace You know, if it's angels, if it's the universe, if it's calling someone that you need to vent to, just having that support around us is so imperative. I was lucky because when I became a mother, I'd been in 12-step recovery for quite a long time. The premise of which is that our own thinking, we can't rely on it. So we have to look outside of ourselves, whether that's a, you know, higher power, whether that's a a really wise teacher, someone like yourself or a book. And I think this idea, you know, that we are so limited, you know, my ego, my mind is so limited because it's got all that conditioning with it. It's got all that responses. And I do kind of believe that, you know, left to my own devices, I'll just be reacting out of my old stuff all day long. So I love that you're saying like the way to sanity or the way to change your awareness is to say, okay, I recognize my limitations here. I'm going to need something outside of me. And I know that you like angels, you know, that doesn't work for me. What works for me is, you know, I call upon an energy of love, a higher power. And then sometimes that will be like in the form of a teacher or a book or a word said by someone on a podcast or a poster that I'll see. And it'll be like the perfect words that I need in that moment. I love that. And I think it's really important that, you know, asking for help, on that spiritual level, you know, because we talk so much about asking for help on the practical level, you know, like, can you support me with the kids? Like, can you help me with the supper? You know, whatever that is. But I think that asking for help on the spiritual level is more important probably than on a practical level. Definitely. I'd say the root of my work is the spiritual assistance. And like you said, whether it's angels, which are just an energy of love, or if it's light, I work with light so much, visualizing light pouring into my home on a, on a daily basis. I don't know what I would do without spiritual assistance on this path. It's the grace that we're asking for. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you a story. I was in the grocery store and I was in a loop of just being down on myself for the week. I had a, a crappy week with my child and I was just saying these kind of terrible things to myself and a voice came on top of that and said, you're doing great. Keep going. You're magnificent out of nowhere. And I realized, oh, okay. So now I have this voice too, to protect me, to love me. 
And that all came from asking for assistance on a daily basis. So I am in complete agreement with you of reaching out for this higher help. And I love how you talk about, you just mentioned it there, you know, about the energy in the home and you touched upon it at the start, but I kind of want to come back to it because it's such a powerful idea. And actually I haven't really, you know, what is this, my 105th episode or something of this podcast. And I haven't heard people talk about this, which is that the mother, the woman is the energy of the home, sets the tone. And I think we all know that intuitively, that actually when we're not okay, nothing seems to be going okay. You know, when we're in a bad mood, I know that from my own experience, my husband picks up on that very quickly. So do my kids and the whole thing kind of just crumbles around me. So how do we integrate that without feeling overwhelmed by it, that we are the energy in the home? Again, it goes back to assistance. I had a friend and she's also a healer and, you know, she was sending light into her home and sending light into her kids. And she was doing this all day. And she told me, I'm exhausted. I'm trying to manage the energy in my home and things are going haywire. And I said, why have you not asked for help? And that letting the energy, you know, run on its own is so important. So you don't have to manage. And so I'm going to give you an example on how to do that. So it's tangible. So every morning, I will call on the energy of love to pour into my home. And so I visualize pink light filling every room, every corner, every closet. I fill myself up, my husband and my two children and my pets. And I ask the universe to protect us, to love us. And that's enough for the day. So the home has its own vibration, its own aura. And the mother is the center Okay, so let's say we're not feeling good that day. So we can't bring all this love into the house. We ask the universe to do it for us. That is the key. We ask for the light. We ask for the grace. Again, it's an advanced practice, right? To ask. It's an advanced practice for women to ask for help. (laughs) So when you talk about that, you know, pouring that energy and the love and and that's not something that I've ever, I've ever done. Like I kind of, pray for myself every morning. You know, I ask that my will be taken and, you know, I guess in a kind of 12 step way, that's the practice that I do. I've never thought about it in terms of the home. And I think particularly now it's so important, isn't it? Because we're in our homes all day, every day. I mean, if we're following the rules, we are. (laughs) So, So I wondered if, you know, you are a very proficient meditation guide. And I wondered if you would offer us a meditation for people listening in a safe place. You know, obviously if you're driving or with the kids, this isn't going to work, but maybe, you know, if you're in a safe place listening to this and you're on your own, it might be really beautiful if you wouldn't mind to just offer us a meditation. I'd love to. So let's just close our eyes and take a deep breath. And just settle into your chair, your seat. Just take another breath. And exhale with an ah. Once more, inhaling. And exhaling. Now imagine yourself standing outside of your home. And from the sky, a brilliant pink light beams down into your body, filling the top of your head with love, your throat, 
your heart, down your arms, into your hands. This love light moves into your stomach, into your womb, down your legs, and into your feet. Let this light move all the way down into the earth, through the layers of water, soil, crystalline structures into the core of the earth. You just breathe here. And now thinking of something that you love more than anything and beaming this pink light into your home, letting it fill every room, every closet, every corner, beaming this light, this pink, beautiful light into your partner, your child or your children, radiating this light all throughout your home. And say out loud, I am love. I am love. We are protected. We are protected. We are at peace. We are at peace. Just breathing in this love into your body. Saying any prayer now, just to anchor the day, any intentions that you have for your family, thinking of them now, laying them on your heart, and coming back, using the breath to bring you back into the room. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes, my pleasure. And the final question that I ask on every episode is if you could give just one gift to all the mothers in the world, what would it be and why? I would give the gift of grace just to be in the easiness and the the energy of miracles on a day-to-day basis. I wish that for mothers just to be in the flow. Yeah. With much ease. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Zoe. So that's it. Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please do leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. If you were listening to that episode, thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about, then just tag them in on Instagram. My bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there. People often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends. So if that's you, then please do. I feel like the guests that we have on the podcast, their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide. So help me make that happen. I'd be very grateful. And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my programme which is a three-month program called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back 
in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.